0: U.S. stocks fell sharply on Friday, marking the fourth straight losing week for the market. We had the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 1%. The S&P 500 was also down 1% and had tested its 200-day moving average on the downside. Ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't look like the bleeding's going to be stopping anytime soon, but we're here to break it down for you. Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell. I am your trader and host, Todd Schoenberger, and I am joined by my friend and co-host Tobin Smith out in sunny and hot Scottsdale, Arizona. And we have a very, very special guest with us. Oh, don't Mitch kiss Rochelle. his ass. For crying out, don't his is, ass. Returning, is returning to the show. Mitch, welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell. And I want to start off with you. Because I know you've been on the media channels. You've been at Fox and Fox Business talking nonstop about the markets. But right now, what do you think? Is this selling going to continue into next week? It really depends on, you know,
1: listen, when the Fed says that the markets are, or the Fed says that they are data dependent and the markets are addicted to the Fed, if we use the transitive property there, it means that the, the markets are going to hang on data. And today we got data. We got there. The Fed's preferred inflation measure, PCE, came in much hotter than expected. And the markets had a freak out. And I think the markets had an indication that that was coming because when they read the Fed minutes earlier in this week, they had another freakout. So it's going to be a lot more of this until the data turns rosy. And you wear all the rose colored glasses you want, guys. I don't think that data is getting rosy.
0: Yeah, Toby, I mean, what do you think? I mean, you've been beating this drum all day long, actually all year long. Actually, I take that back. You've been beating the drum for months now talking about this inflation rate and how it's got to crisscross with the Fed funds rate. And we don't see it happening anytime soon. You just put out an amazing piece today on this subject. What do
2: you think, though? What are you telling your subscribers? I mean... (sighs) I mean, Mitch is right. I mean, data dependent. Now, I hate that word, right? Because it feels like if people were data dependent, would they ever conceive the idea that we could take the inflation, the real inflation in the United States is in services, wages, services, and shelter, right? That's uh, 62% of the entire PCE. If you read the data... How the flip would you think that we were going to have uh, you know the pivot? The whole pivot narrative just drove me nuts. Based on the simple math, I mean, I I know Mitch worked at PwC before, so he knows how to do math. There's a giant disconnect here. First off, we're we're missing five million workers now. Why is that? Well. Three million people dropped out of the of, of, out of the pandemic world, okay, including everybody I know for Christ's sake. I'm the only guy over sixty that I know who works. Uh, the second one is we lost about two million, two and a half million immigrants that we normally would have had. They're almost 100% employed by the service industry, so the Fed can't bring you know magically make five million service workers appear. Then secondarily, it in, in, in you know in the reshoring issue, we actually are hiring jobs in actual manufacturing. We don't have enough of those either. But then the, the third one that just just kills me is. Is that... If you move your interest rates to the point, you can't create jobs, you can't create people, the only way you can actually bring service inflation down is to kill jobs. And you have to have rates high enough for people at the margin, as we like to say in economics, they say, you know what, honey, I got to let you go. You know, business is slow. I'm getting a little worried. That multiplied by 25 million small businesses. That's how you lose the jobs. But nobody has the stones to tell the people. And then the people looking for the pivot, I sort of got are 28 years old and they weren't alive in the 80s or the 90s or 2010 and and they have you know fallen for this false narrative and oh, oh by the way we got the yolo fomo people coming in and i love the i love was oh, oh, at the um, space stock yesterday mitch that was only up to 150 percent as a SPAC. that was like a <laughs> ping back to the you know uh, april of uh, 2020 uh, 2021. So or
1: or you had or you had an NVIDIA this week that all of a sudden was like, everybody's like, hey, wait a second. It's all about AI. It's all about AI. It's all about AI. And wait until you start to see uh, regulators start shutting down chat, GBT or CBT or whatever the hell it is. That's
2: (laughs) an interesting pitch. uh, Mitch, in your money management business. How do you how are you allocating people now? What do you how do you have? I mean, assume let's say the person's fifty years old, they got fifteen years to work. Um, you know, they're maybe a millionaire, but they're a millionaire because their house is worth five million dollars. Um, how do you work? How do you work with those folks?
1: It, it depends on what their their pie chart looks like, Tobin. I mean, so if they're if they're heavily invested in stocks and they have cash, they're certainly not going to put more cash into stocks. Uh, But, you know, they're going to mine gains that they have and try to get as liquid as they can, because a lot of people are just waiting for the next, you know, drop so that they can jump in. And those are the ones who are bullish on stocks. But right now, the challenge is yields are creeping up there, but they're not creeping up with inflation. I mean, the shortest end of the Treasury curve, quite honestly looks the most uh, appealing to me. And this almost remember, reminds me of my early days of investing when the money market account was created, when, when the dollar, the, the yeah. par value of a dollar, you know the Fidelities and, and, and so forth created the money market account. What, in, in the late 70s, yeah. they were yielding like 13%. And it was the single greatest investment vehicle you could create because you could actually almost invest at the inflation rate, which goes to the point that you're at right now. If core PCE is the measure and core PCE is where it is, and the six-month treasury is yielding something close to that, you know, at least you're not... You know, falling backwards on the treadmill. You're running in place. That's not the worst place to be right now. With all, yeah, of that I garbage.
2: like I like that metaphor. I was at the birth of the uh, money market account. I was schlepping bonds uh, to institutions. I mean, like a, a, a structured uh, debt things for or um, Peabody. And i walk in, you know, young, dumb, and and with white uh, with a uh, normal colored hair, and say, I, I, you know, if you look at the history of this thing, Mr. Volker is going to do whatever he does. Because he's a hard ass that other guy was a wimp. Volker knows what he's doing now and I said it could they could take the uh, rate as high as 14 percent and three months after it was eighteen percent. the one thing I know about uh, uh, Jerome Powell, Jerry, we call him Jay Powell in our place. He was' a freaking history major at you know Yale uh, and, he he's, a the, he's, and a he's a lawyer. he's a lawyer, lawyer. <laughs> right yeah. The last thing he wants to do is go down in history as, oh, remember Jerome Powell? Fucked up inflation. Fucked it up first by going with the transitory thing. Kept putting cash into the system into June of last year when everybody you know, everybody else, that was insane. So, and then the third one's the dollar, Mitch. And I think you know nobody, you, know, you gotta be a little geeky to follow the dollars. Yeah. But interest rates going higher means bonds are losing value. When they start raising rates, then the dollar gets stronger. And if you take those two things, we've been fighting the dollar, and we've been, you know, fighting interest rates. Nobody sees the dollar because unless you go to Europe, like friends of mine yesterday sent me a note and said, you know, the same place I stayed at four years ago in Paris at the Louis Cinq, uh cost me seven hundred bucks, you know, American. It cost me uh, five hundred dollars just on the on the difference in the in the currencies. So that. You know that's stuff that investors don't see. I, I can tell you that we're still about seventy percent in high yield debt and you know in Treasuries. And yeah, I can get five point yeah. two five percent for a two year. Right. Why would I go out on the risk curve when the math that I, that we're doing says you won't in a excuse me in a seventy two percent service economy being like five million jobs or having two jobs for every one wages don't go down. Wages only go down when you know the store closings start happening and, and or you know the people at the at the last in or the first out type thing that was just like the 80s and our terminal number is now 5.75 to 6% just based on what the data is now and at that point, you know, you know this better than anybody. If I'm a high growth company and I'm being valued based on my future earnings, but I'm discounting that at six percent or seven percent, those earnings aren't nearly as attractive, uh, and and you don't have a constituency there. Uh, And then the other thing, you know, that we've seen, Mitch, is that, dude, all my hedge fund pals, they've always been operating for 10 years on, we have a dollar, we borrow a dollar because it costs nothing, and that's how we own our, our positions. And now they're getting margin calls, and now they're selling stuff, you know, these rip-your-face-off rallies, well, dude, go back to the rally in, you know, like, 82, 83. Go back to the rally in 2001 to 2000. You know, we had three 30% rallies in the post-dot-com crash. Why would we not expect, given 12 years of free money and everything else and, you know, $6 trillion of cash going in, why would we not expect that we're going to have a a bear market? By definition, have face, uh, uh, you know, rip off. I love that face ripping off rallies. How yeah. do you? What I, do you tell your clients when you know it, one day they're up four percent, the next day they're down five percent? Blah, you know.
1: I'd I'd say two things. One, I want to stick with the the dollar thing there, which yeah. is the strong dollar is the most misunderstood concept by politicians, That's because true. politicians love to beat their chests and say. We have strong dollar, you know, like it's not um, a Russian politician. It was, but I, it works. It, <laughs> it doesn't sound good. I don't do a good Biden. So I figured I'd do uh, Boris from Boris and Natasha. But no, I um, don't uh, know. Uh, we must find moose and squittle. But anyway, uh, so the, the strong dollar is sounds great politically, but that's the biggest importer inflation of inflation you could have. In fact, Mnuchin, Said one time, you know, on the the road, something about, oh yeah, we want a strong dollar, and you can see under his breath going, no, we don't, we we certainly don't want a strong dollar, we don't want strong. So that's number one. The other thing to your point, and I know we're probably got a break coming up, but the other thing to your point is, what do I tell clients? Interestingly enough, now is a really compelling time to invest in real estate, but not the way you would look normally at real estate, right? So, would you buy a home right now? maybe but i don't think that, that we've seen enough price adjustment right now but i'm not entirely convinced you're going to see a ton of price adjustment uh but we'll we'll we'll, we'll see but well, 8% you know, mortgage uh, yeah, is going to take right.
2: people out although now the the home builders are buying all those mortgages down in our area the yep. average mortgage is backed down to 3%
1: right so they're 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 pulling out everything it listen that's Toby, that, that's no different than car manufacturers providing incentives in financing for you to buy a car, which, by the way, we're going to see pretty soon. But I don't know what GM's balance sheet looks like. But real estate is an interesting asset class right now because history has proven that in times of uncertainty two things happen. Number one is within sort of what I'll call, if I step back, there's two ways that wealth's been accumulated going back to biblical times. Precious metals, I'll call them trading assets and real estate. Okay. So in times of uncertainty, what happens? People in the trading asset basket go to the safest bets. That's what we're seeing. Like we're talking about going to the two-year treasury. But Mm -hmm. the other thing they do is they go to preserve wealth in real estate. And right now, and we could talk about it more, is a really interesting time to invest in real estate the right way. Mm.
2: Well, I, I, I'm i coming to the conclusion, remember that, well, first off, just—I mean—I think we—I still have to like tell myself every other day we're in such unprecedented times. Uh, uh, David Kirkup at uh, to J.P. Morgan said that "Welcome to the weird economy," uh, and and I, I really like that because every touchstone you know that we've had mostly is not there anymore. Uh, and a matter of fact, it's turned into a lodestone—it's hanging around the the economy's neck. But I think you know the market's doing what it's supposed to do. Right, it meant took the work from home stocks, which we owned. We loved. It was stupid. We sold them too early. But pretty happy to, because now right. all that pull forward uh, demand got pulled out. And now all of a sudden people are going, you know, I got three 85 inch TVs in my house. OK. And, you know, 14 iPads and my kids, we can't buy any more digitalia. That's my favorite word, by the right. way. You know, and then go through the whole thing. Lumber prices went up 80 percent, blah, blah, blah. Now they're down 80 percent. That's never happened before unless there was a giant, you know,
1: so. But but isn't all of that a function, all of that crazy run up and run down a function of the fact that the Fed was buying. Buying hundreds of millions of dollars worth of stuff in and pumping cash, the money supply was you know on steroids. So no, you, you had you, to buy something when you had cash in your pocket. Right? No,
2: you're you're, you're right. And, and I mean, another data point I put out to our subscribers today was if the uh, inflation is a function of money supply, and then B financial assets, because of that money supply, go up in value, homes, stocks, you know, everything else. Then three, since we now have, have just pulled out $6 trillion globally out of the system, it, it can't be both ways. You can't say that uh, adding all that cash, you know, added asset inflation, and now that we've taken $6 trillion out, that it's not making a difference. It, it has to be making a difference. Right. But again, right. that's when it's hard for a, a normal human being to see. And you add it all up, but I call this like the no way out market right now in that until, because again, I remember going back to the 80s, nobody believed me that rates were going to go to 12, 13, 14%. And then, you know, I stopped at 14% because I couldn't imagine the prime rate at 19%. I I, I I, was like, my Lord. I think a lot of people just lack the imagination now to to, to comprehend. To your real estate point, I mean, clearly the real estate you don't want to be in our office buildings. Office buildings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. God Almighty. And and I do have a, a friend in New York, uh, Tom Sampson, who is in the business now of converting office buildings into yeah. New York apartments. And he yeah. just raised $180 million. That makes sense. You know, the apartment reach right now, I happen to like if they're in the ones that are in the right areas because they have raised rates, but they're all on one year, two year leases. This is yeah. not month to month, uh, you know, product, right. the, the high right. end product. And at the other end, high end, you know, people who aren't buying are, are redoing leases and yep. the, the releases are actually in this area and other fast growing areas the leases are up five percent from here but everyone's expecting to see you know rental rates come down not for a product because people have no choice i i tell uh todd all the time the guy down the street paid you know like eighteen hundred dollars a square foot for a house okay well that's just not right and he was just all it was coming in with cash because he sold you know, from. Minnesota, everybody here lives from Minnesota, Michigan, uh, and Ohio, right? That's the uh, right. Scottsdale mm-hmm. corridor. Yeah. And, um, you know, 68% of the houses here were paid for in cash. But in this general area, 90% of the homes sold in the last two years were for cash. Well, well you know, but here, right here's what's interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. So two two things uh, in the time I've got remaining. So one is the cash buyers weren't truly cash buyers. The cash buyers borrowed money again. Their stock portfolio because Morgan Stanley, Merrill Lynch, yeah. and UBS lent them that money at insanely low yeah. rates—one
2: and a half percent. You right. couldn't afford insanely
1: low more. rates. Yeah. Interestingly enough, those loans mature because most of those were two-year locked-up rates. Those loans are re- maturing as we speak. Okay, so that's an interesting right. nugget. Right. At, okay. Right. Number two is I'm gonna steal it by the
2: way. I'm gonna steal it just so you playing. can
1: steal it for me with or without attribution. I I I said that on Varney's show uh six months ago. So you're only <laughs> <Okay>. stealing <laughs> only <laughs> because Stuart asks me about it all the time, because yeah. Stuart did that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but but in any event, um, the the other thing is you're a thousand percent right about apartments, or as they say in New England, apartments, because wow. people have to live someplace, yes, and I think the compelling, if you want to go with the most liquid version of it, a high-quality uh, apartment REIT, no question about it. But if you're an alternative investor, and this is the, the space that I've been playing a lot in lately uh, with with clients, is invest in disruptive um, players in the rental housing business because the, the stick-built mousetrap of how... Everybody has built everything forever. Um, The most unoriginal and uncreative people on the planet are home builders. They are, they, they lack creativity. They know what they know. They know what they know. And if you look at every cycle, they get kicked into teeth in every cycle because they they lack creativity. They've never done it any differently. But there's a lot of ways to skin the cat to build better, faster, and cheaper. And those players building rental apartments, because you don't want to be in the for sale business because that's that's tough sledding with mortgage rates. But yeah. if you can build homes for rent, apartments for rent, better, faster, and cheaper, and pass some of that savings along to the tenant in the form of lower rent, you've got a winner. And there are a couple of players that, you know, they're they're private deals that I've been working with that are that are you know Invented that mousetrap and are rolling it out, but the problem is we need housing. We absolutely need housing, and I'll say this, uh, which you may hear again at 5:40 uh, p.m. on your favorite uh, cable news channel: the Biden administration's done it again. They created one more incentive in the housing market uh, that is intended to stimulate the demand side. Right? They're going to, you know, take away some of the upfront fees that, that Freddie and Fannie charge. That's great, right? But that's more demand side stimulus. We've done nothing to fix the supply side of housing in 20 years. I mean, literally, I'll, I take that back. Since Reagan was the president, we have done nothing to simulate the supply side of the housing market.
2: Well, okay. So we got a little NIMBY thing going on all across yeah. the United States. And uh, yeah. I, my friend, uh, uh, Todd, another Todd, used to work for me at Phillips. Then he was like, you know, my buddy Mark Zuckerberg uh, asked me to go join him at, at uh, this company. I don't know, Facebook or something. I'm going to do yeah. it. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. so now up the street, this way, up in the Beverly Hills, uh, you know, or Holmby Hills, I should say, of uh, Scottsdale, he's acquired this $12 million house. And he, he he sends me this text, he says, Tubby, you were so right. I was gonna pay 18 six months ago. <laughs> I said, just wait the guy out, right? Just I mean, yeah. come on, he's not gonna you no know, one's stupid enough to bid four thousand dollars a square foot, except from Florida. You guys got a whole different thing I, right.
1: well I, I'll I'll leave you with this. There's a uh, dude who, who bought a house around the corner for me that's literally 18,000 square feet, and he, he paid ten million dollars for it, which is a steal. A steal. And right. I was talking, I was talking to one of the neighbors and he said. Wow, he goes. That's like a twenty million dollar house that he spent ten million dollars on. I said, "No, it's a ten million dollar (laughs) house." Where is it? A twenty million dollar house? I said, "Whatever something clears the market for, that's what it's worth." Yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. like if it was really a twenty million dollar house, there would have been bids at twenty million dollars. There was a bid at ten. The seller took it.
2: To to the audience, the reason why we're talking about stuff other than stocks right now is that. Really, the story of stocks in the stock market, United States particularly, is range bound. And it's range yep. bound in, until every recession we've ever had in this business cycle as you say, and I've said for you, know, it's completely, completely different. But human behavior doesn't change, right? So people don't get their stones going um, until in, in, in a recession that uh, the Fed quits hiking. Um, that's yep. where the bottoms have always been in these recession-based bear markets. So look at it. if if you're 20 years old or 30 years old and you're buying, you know, 10 great, 15 great companies now, buy 20% now, buy another 20% in four or five months, et cetera, leg your way in. You're going to do fine. The people who are my subscribers and people I <laughs> manage money for, they're they're already affluent. My job yeah. is to make them, not make them less affluent. Yeah. Uh, and um, and so it's, it's sort of a different paradigm. We've had some amazing opportunities in the last 24 months. I mean, we've made 50 years of earnings in two years when MLPs went down to $3 that used to sell for $20 or oil, you know, natural gas companies, I mean, blah, blah, you know. But that was a one-off. And I've just been trying to tell people, you made 50 years of freaking wealth in two years because you had the stones to follow. Let us follow your advice and so on and so forth. Don't be greedy. You should be in the I'm not going to lose money thing since I just made 50 years of money.
1: Right. Listen, I'll go back to where we started as yeah. we close here which is if you can get above 5% with zero risk at the short end of the treasury curve, the worst thing that happens is that interest rates go a little higher and next month you buy some more at a higher yield. But you know, in six months, if it's a six month piece of paper or two years, if it's a two year piece of paper, you know, with certainty, you're getting a hundred percent of your money back. OK, and and I'm sticking with Ragebound. Here's the headline we're going to hear on financial news networks throughout the rest of the year. OK, the market gave back all of its gains for the year. OK, then the market's going to have another 10 percent run up or something like that. And then they're going to say again, the market gave back all of its gains from the year. And at the end of the year, the market will either be up 10 percent from where it was at the end of the year or, or, or flat with where it was, the, you know, the end of the previous year. But we're going to be stuck in this range of less than 10% up, less than 10% down. One quarter, of the NASDAQ is going to look like the darling. The next quarter, of the Dow is going to look like the darling. Yeah. doesn't matter. We're stuck in this range until the Fed stops, 100%. So we have some certainty.
2: I mean, everybody's head is spinning. Uh, old guys, young guys, people in, in the middle, their head is spinning simply because there's no certainty and nothing to put your hang your hat on, right? There's no every, every narrative that ever worked is not working and the narrative if the people the people who fell for the oh we're gonna the third quarter we're gonna get a, a pivot by the, the fed to cut rates they were living in, in in la la land and i'm not talking about la um so I, listen, had, yeah, the, the best
1: thing the best thing you can do if you're young if your company has a 401k plan or the equivalent put the maximum amount of money you can do you won't even know that you had it and you know what in about five years you'll probably have tripled that money because you're buying in at some lows, unbeknownst to you, every paycheck. And uh, that's the best way to play it. Just keep putting it away. Keep putting it away. All right, my friend. Thank you, Mike, go home,
2: Mitch. Go go, go. talk to those other people and
0: (laughs) (laughs) see you later. Buy, hold, sell, brought to you by Crosscheck Management. On any given day in Washington, policy proposals are created, debated, and decimated by tens of thousands of people and organizations working behind the scenes. On 80 Proof Politics, a guest and I will visit a D.C. watering hole and distill the art of advocacy by pulling back the curtain a bit and taking a look at how they play their part in the sausage factory we call our federal government. So if you're at all interested in how the sausage is made, pull up a chair Grab a drink and join us. After all, what goes better with sausage than a tall, cold one?